and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. I'm Steve Packnick, and Gabe's on vacation this week. So don't worry, it's okay. He's going to be back. He's just hanging out in Puerto Rico where it's actually just as hot as it always is in Phoenix. So you don't, I don't know. It's not that much of a vacation, I guess, except there's a beach. So good for him. But don't worry, I'm not on my own. I brought with me some guests to come in to fill the gap to talk about a great movie today. Uh, it's two people who are the founding members of the Happy Hands Club. It's Joe Scarrett and Adam Irzewski. Welcome to the pod, guys. Woo! Yeah. Woo-hoo. I'm so excited to be here, Steve. Thank you so much. You can't see this right now, but I'm flapping my hands like an eagle. They practice that. That's pretty good. I feel like the uh, the Happy Hands Club would be a, a perfect place for you guys to just like express yourselves. I mean, I I wasn't kidding when I told you guys I was practicing my dance moves for the podcast. Like, unfortunately, people can't see it, but the Happy Hands Club and the dances that Napoleon put off, like he's he's an idol. <laughs> So, so this week we are talking about Napoleon Dynamite. It's uh, it's not a particularly big anniversary of Napoleon Dynamite. It's but it came out 18 years ago. But this is a movie that I felt was just a, a special movie to me because this is a movie that reminds me of, of one of our dear friends. Um, and I wanted to take a second to dedicate this episode to our dear friend uh, Dan McHugh, who uh, just recently passed away last month after a long bout with cancer. Um, in his memory. Uh, we decided to dial up the retro review machine back to 2004 and, you know, a movie that was introduced to me by Dan and one that, you know, he, he loved from time to time and really is just for me, someone that really reminds me of, I mean, that's Napoleon Dynamite. So we're going to be chatting about that today. And I brought Adam and I brought Joey back because, you know, you guys are very important parts of Dan's lives. Uh, and we just came together to just celebrate him and, uh, talk about this movie, you know, in honor of him. So I just thought that was like a really good point. I mean, Right off the bat, I just want to start off with talking about the earliest memories of this film. I mean, for me, this is one of those things that was really funny because it came out in 2004, but in theaters, I think in June, I never saw it in theaters. I think I was first introduced this in Dan's basement on like a DVD that I watched the basement where I hung out for like half of high school. And I just watched it like over and over and over again. And Joey, I'll start with you. What are some of your earliest memories of of this movie? It's weird. It's almost it's almost a blur. I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I remember seeing this thing and kind of just wondering the whole time, like, what what am I watching? I knew nothing about the movie going in and I just kind of experienced it all at once. And I was just kind of shocked at how funny it was, kind of how relevant it was to us in high school. Um, I don't know if your millions of listeners know this, but we we weren't the coolest of kids. But um, yeah, all right, easy now. And then uh, so it was just kind of it was kind of neat to see the like a movie about high school from the outside perspective. And it was just so funny, like just this weird character. You don't really know what's going on. You just kind of follow him for a couple hours and then it was over. But it was very, very funny from what I remember. Adam, what about you? What are some of your earliest memories of the film? I, I actually brought this up when, so like I turned on the film. This was before you reached out to me to talk about this. Like it was like a day before you reached out to me, I turned on Hulu and watched it. That wasn't my first time, but when I was watching it, I was telling my fiance who has never seen it that I was like, you know, this is one of those movies that the first time I watched it, I hated it. I like, everybody was talking about it afterwards. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't get it. Like this, I guess I was looking for an actual plot um, and I just didn't think this was a good movie. And then like, for some reason I watched it again because maybe it was because everybody around me, such as you guys were just like saying all these quotes that I just threw out of my brain. And I watched it again and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. You know, there's those like select few movies that the second time is when it's actually good. Um, That's, that's how I remember the movie. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that like, I don't know that I actually liked it at any point before. And then like all of a sudden everybody just quoted it and quoted it and quote. And then we've seen it so many times now it's become just like ironically a movie that we love. I think it's really, it's, it's very reminiscent of the good Charlotte album, the young and the hopeless where we. <laughs> that, yeah. If you gave me one CD to mention, like what's the, what's the first CD you think of when you think of Dan, it's good Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Seminal work from our time. Maybe maybe we should have uh, just done an entire retro review on the that good Charlotte album instead. 
yeah go ahead yeah, we all the chukka and everything in it yeah but it, it reminds me of that because like that's an album that like when it came out we were like this album sucks good charlotte's terrible blah 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 and then we kept like listening to it and we're like oh man this this album's this album's really bad ha 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 yeah, we, we, and never then we kept pressing we liked it and then eventually we're like yes let's let's let let, it, let i hold have on, it downloaded just, in my apple music just saying there you go. Let's <laughs> with like the, after the fifteenth time of listening to the chuka chuka in the middle of hold on, you just like you just love it. You just you <laughs> seek it out, and uh, I feel like that's exactly what this film is kind of like. Just like this yeah. weird movie that we just somehow loved, and it it it's evolved this cult following, and that's one of the things that I want to talk about next, which is really fascinating because like it's such a weird early two thousands film, and it's a thing that happened in the two thousands where like. It didn't do well in theaters. It only made $40 million, which I know sounds like a lot of money, but like realistically, that, that's not a, a huge amount of money for, for a film, uh, especially a comedy, like a teen comedy like that. Like those were huge at the time. And, you know, it didn't do very well. And then, until it got to DVD, that's when like it really started to pick up steam. People it got into people's houses and then all of a sudden like your friends saw it. And then like you guys got together and then MTV just like blew it up for some reason because they were one of the production companies behind it. They, they kind of like blew it up on MTV, which, you know, being part of the MTV generation in the early two thousands was like huge. And then it sparked this cult following with like all this merchandise and all of this stuff. And I'm just curious, like, what do you think it is about this film in particular, a $400,000 movie that made it so cultish? Like it, it's just, were we just at the perfect age or, what what is it adam i'll start with you yeah i mean you 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 said it in the beginning too is just like it was that day and age of movies when like just weird movies that were it was like it's so dumb it's funny um freddie got fingered i don't know when that came out but that was also another one that's like it's such a bad movie but tom green is hilarious and like the actors of like napoleon and pedro um he uh they're just funny and quotable and i think the quotable part of the movie is what I think I'm the perfect subject of why it got so popular over time, not immediately, because it was a bad movie and you're not like going to see a bad movie in theaters. But then when people talk about it and quote it, you kind of want to go back and watch it. Or if you didn't see it in theaters, you want to see it on DVD. And then it just starts to create that whole um, brand behind that movie. Um, that, that's how I see it. Like it's, I, I still think about some of the quotes there. <laughs> Joey, what about you? What why did, what do you think it made this so cultish or 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 were we just like the perfect age? It probably was a bit of timing because I think this is like really before the internet and social media was huge. So you still had to kind of talk to people. So it kind of spread through word of mouth like that. Like, dude, if you haven't seen this movie, you gotta see it. And you don't really know why. No one really gave you context. You were just like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's a thing to do. Everyone's kind of watching it. And you know, I, maybe the theaters have bombed because it was expected to be like a movie with a plot and like a love story or, or something that happened. But it really, I mean, it was a documentary on eighties um, music and, you know, corduroy suits and what the heck is the, the, the ball on the street? I can't remember that stupid playground. <laughs> tetherball. tetherball. I couldn't <laughs> think of it. That's what I was going to say. It's a tetherball documentary because he plays it like four or five times in it. <laughs> Good but idea. I don't know. I it, it maybe it's the quotable aspect of it. Maybe he's just such a weird, odd character that it just stuck. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't really know. I think it's also one of those things of like the early two thousands of like you only have a certain number of DVDs. You know, like you, you, there's DVDs that you have, and you can oh, those are the movies that you could watch. So like, what do you want to watch? Well, what do you have on DVD? And like, someone had a copy of Napoleon Dynamite, and it just got around from person to person. And the other thing that we we had in the early 2000s that's very much lacking today is there's there's two things. One is a lack of choice. We didn't have many other choices. If someone had it and you wanted to watch it, we watched it. The other thing is if you put it on a movie, you watch the movie. You just watch the whole thing. You know, like now if I'm watching a movie and it's bad, I'm like, I'm going to turn this off and just like watch Switch. something else. Which yeah. goes back to your first point is you, yeah. you had variety and right, right at the tip of your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think I think that's what it was like people just had it and then it just became this such a weird movie and like I think we we're more open to weird movies at the time like you know some more of those indie films something like a very different tone but like Garden State or something like that was really popular for, for me I was like one of my favorite movies for a long period of time and it was such an indie film and we were yeah. more 
open to that type of thing. I think as we were, you know, turning, I mean, we, we were 16, 17 when this movie came out uh, or, and really when we started to see it. And I think like being that, you know, 16 year old boys are really dumb. Uh, if you don't know, uh, <laughs> we were just really stupid human beings. And like, we see this character who's just like a, a weird dopey character. And we're like, yes, this is who we're going to quote because why not? Uh, and I think it just, it just took off and just, every, and we, we loved it. The, the merchandise is very basic as well. You know, it's, it's not hard to make a shirt that just says vote for Pedro, you know, and it's sold like wildfire. Cause I mean, like hot topic was also all the rage at that time for, you know, high school kids. And like they, if they sold something, kids bought it. And then that's like kind of where it started to steam up. And I think we just kind of bought into that and like, we're really, really a big part of it. Yep. I, I, I'm, I, as you're saying that, I was like, I wonder if I bought a vote for Pedro shirt and went out in public, how many people would identify? I, I feel like it'd be one of those, like most people would just not even think about it, but then the, the our age group, you know, give or take five years, maybe they'll be like, Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, like it would be a big blast of the past for them. It would be very recognizable for a like 10 year span. Yeah. I feel like m- millennials, this is like one of our, one of our keynotes in our, in our catalog yeah. at your age. Yeah. Yeah. I would say also, uh, is the, is the vote for Pedro shirt, his best shirt in the movie? I was just thinking about this. It, it's the most iconic. Mm-hmm. I think is he's it the couple, best though? Probably not. He's got a couple horse t-shirts. I don't know how many, yeah. how many, how many horse shirts you got rock in there, Joey, how many do you have in your closet? At least seven, but nothing beats the Velcro snow boots. The moon boots, <laughs> yeah, moon boots. I Adam, you got you got a pair of those in your closet, don't you? Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I have some in my garage packed away. I, <laughs> I have a pair somewhere. <laughs> I hold on hope, to those. I hope that that's true. I really. I'm really not kidding. True. I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my god. It's just like I think there's there's like parts of his outfits and everything that just work. I mean. What's so fascinating about this too is is it shouldn't work. This movie, by all accounts, just should not work for us. You know, for for anybody. I mean, it's Jared and uh, Jerusha Hess. They're the couple that made the film. It's their first feature film. It's based on a short that they made in college. Actually, they made it in college, and then were they they kind of like got the idea by someone else, by one of their producers, who like convinced them to drop out of college to make this feature film, and you know. So they drop out of college to make Best this. Advice fe- they ever got. Yeah, to yeah. make the film. There's no, there's not any person of note in this movie. Um, you know, the most popular and recognizable actor in this movie is Dietrich Bader, who plays Rex from Rex Quando. Oh yeah, he's yeah. the most recognizable actor in this. So like, that's a problem. If he's the most recognizable actor in your movie, it's really poor. Uh, John here is the star of this movie, and he has been in nothing before this except for a couple of short films in college it's only as a production budget of four hundred thousand dollars and it takes place in idaho like nothing about this should work yet it strangely does and i, I don't understand how how does it work how, how is it that this all comes together do you think you think that those constraints actually make it better or would it would it have worked better if you had like a bigger director or, you know, more, a higher budget or, you know, something else. Do you think any of those things would change? Yeah. Let me, I actually have a pretty strong opinion on this. Now that you say this more is because it's one of those, if it wasn't doing well in theaters, but people are quoting it all the time, then you turn it on. You're, you're kind of like wondering what the heck is going on? How is this move? Why are people talking about this movie? You're kind of asking for more, right? Like, even though there's, the, the movie, the plot, the scenes are kind of bad. <laughs> you you kind of want to know what comes next. It's that bad. It's like, how is, it's like mystery science theater. If you, if you watch those and they're always watching bad movies, like you kind of want to just watch the movie because it's that bad, but because it's so quotable and because it like the actors are funny, in my opinion, I think like just the way they are stone cold, neutral face um, between Napoleon and Pedro is just so funny. And you just keep wanting to watch or maybe it's because they keep changing the scene so quickly that like you don't get bored because they just go to the next scene so quick. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> that's my take though. Joe, do you have an idea of like how it can work with all these strength restraints? Do you think it would have worked better with like a bigger budget or anything like that? No, 
no, I don't think it would have worked for the bigger budget because I think they would have tried to make something more out of it. They would have tried to make it like every other teen movie that we've seen because it only cost them $400,000. They had to make this. They, they had no other choice. They did it the way they wanted to. And it worked. And if it didn't work, I think they still would have been happy. You know, the movie still got made. But I, I, I don't know. I think if a bigger budget was in it, they it would have been changed. It would have been, you know, we would have seen more tropes that we always seen, you know nerd nerd gets picked on you know and everyone sticks up for the nerd at the end or something i i, I don't know i the constraints make it work really yeah. i think that's i think that's a really solid point because like if you start if you made it like with a bigger budget if like if the hesses were given like actual money if they were given like a million dollars then that also gives the studio license to be like okay well here's what you need to do for it you need to make sure you include these things because you know it will guarantee that we're going to make money back but four hundred thousand dollars is like that's super low budget by the way if you if you're if you guys don't know that's like really really low budget and like with this they had to make you're right I, i love that they had to make it work with what they had and like they had to keep it within the constraints of where they had it that's why they shot it on location in preston idaho um People were staying at each other's houses uh, and the, the the community just like fed them and housed a lot of them, like the crew, which I think is hilarious, uh, mm. you know, and that that adds a little bit of a different take to it. I mean, one thing I was impressed by actually in my, in my recent rewatch was the score. I don't know if you guys actually pay attention to this at all. The score is just someone with like a little organ keyboard or yeah, like a Casio like, keyboard. Yeah, it's it sounds like it was made for fifteen dollars. Uh, yeah. that they like paid someone down the street, like like, hey, can, can you just like come up with a couple like weird early nineties like organ music on a Casio and just like hit record and then send it to us? And it yeah. totally works for this. Totally, the ending works. song was a banger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he's playing tetherball against the Deb. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's an actual song, though. True. Well, that's why it's a banger. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think. They, I think they said actually at one point they spent most of their budget on the licensing for the music that's in the movie. Uh, I believe. I believe the final song that he dances to is a Jamiroquai song that costs like a hundred thousand dollars to license. That's like half the budget. So. Yeah. Uh, which is just nuts. But uh, you're you're totally right though when you say that like. You know, it is one of those movies that just like if it did have a, a more recognizable cast or bigger names, it could sort of detract from the movie, which would be a shame. So I think it totally works. And let, let's talk about some of these actors in these movies, too, because like it's really fascinating. Like these people are not huge actors and they, it just works. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, Napoleon Dynamite is is the main character of this. He's, you know, the title character. It's John Heater, who is this is his first role. We've never seen him in anything before. And then he stars in this movie, which becomes like a huge, huge movie for us. What what do you guys think of the character itself and John Heater's performance? Like, like what do you what do you think of the Napoleon Dynamo? When you think of him, what 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 comes to mind? I, I what comes to mind? I don't know. He was just himself. He he wasn't afraid to be who he was, and you know, that he, he went for it. He liked drawing mythical creatures, he liked making superheroes fly out the back of buses. He liked, you know, using his bow staff in his spare time. Like the guy is just a bamf. Um, I know we're dedicating this to Dan. So it just makes me think about just makes me think about Dan a little bit. How Dan just he wasn't afraid to go for what he wanted to do, do, do what he felt he wanted to do. He just went for it. He didn't care what anybody thought. He did it. A lot of times he, he brought joy with everything he did. And that's got a Napoleon at the end. You know, he just he went for it. He brought it and everybody loved him for it. Really good point. Just circling it all back to Dan. I mean, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. The fact that, like, you know, is Dan Napoleon Dynamite? Is that <laughs> is that what we're saying? Like, just a, a more attractive version of Napoleon Dynamite? He no, was a bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan didn't have to to lie about his life. Like he'd own up to That's some true. of the most ridiculous things. He shame yeah. was not part of his uh, traits. Yeah. His so he wouldn't talk about he wouldn't talk about you know you know hunting wolverines in Alaska with no. a twelve gauge. Yeah, probably not. Not not Dan, but it, Dan did whatever Dan wanted to do. Like, I think his brother, the, the thing that sticks out to me with what his brother said recently to me is like, Dan was just good at being Dan. Yeah. Uh, which goes exactly with what you said is John was good at being Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think uh, the one thing that I guess Dan and Napoleon have in common is just 
secretly amazing at dancing uh killer dance you know okay that's a good crushing it you know like uh napoleon as a character doesn't dance at all like you you don't you don't see him as like a good dancer until like the final scene when he is just like crushing it in this dance like gets up on stage and does not hold back and just dances his ass off and I have a specific memory of Dan doing this in Footloose when he was in the musical because he did the musicals uh, with me in high school and he, he we watched the mu- the movie of of uh, Footloose and there's a there's a in the end they do the whole dance obviously and Dan decided to memorize there's a wiggly guy who does like this weird wiggle dance in the movie you can if you watch the original 19 whatever 80s movie of Footless, you'll see this guy he does this weird wiggly dance and Dan decided he's going to memorize that dance and pull it off in the middle of this huge dance sequence at the end of the play and I'm like can you dance and then all of a sudden you know comes out on stage and does this perfect like literally like beat perfect wiggle man dance in the middle of the play and it was just it was incredible um just like Napoleon Steve he, he stayed in his room for a bit he got sweaty he memorized it and he came out and nailed it I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think of Napoleon's Gatorade drinking skills? <laughs> yeah, he uh, quick to the draw in the middle of a when he has a point, he he lets you know by chugging Gatorade in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a it's a power move, really. Like yeah. if someone did that to me, I'd be a little intimidated. Um, I don't know if we've gotten to this point right now. Um, Joe, you're a father. Do you tuck in your t-shirts to your pants like Napoleon? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the whole point. Why do you think they put belt loops on your pants? You gotta tuck that shit in. Can you refer back to the picture I sent you guys between the the, the five of us, me, <laughs> man, love you? Who yeah, should tuck in? That was pre-dad. Yeah. <laughs> I already was that's, practicing. That's fair. And that's I went fair. so far, Adam, that I not only did I tuck it into my pants, I made extra sure and tucked it into my underwear as well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I just think it's it's such Napoleon's such an interesting character. I mean, he, he just you're right. He's committed to who he is. He, he kind of knows who he is. I mean, he does tell those exaggerated lies that like, you know, the stereotypical geek in a film would tell, um, you know, like my girlfriend who lives in a girl I was dating who lives in Oklahoma couldn't fly out to the dance or, you know, hunting wolverines in Alaska all summer long or, or whatnot. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's an interesting character because he's not he's not really redeeming. There's nothing like interesting about him you don't want to hang out with like no one really wants he doesn't want to be hung out with like i don't want to hang out with napoleon you know which is such an interesting character for the main character of a movie you yeah. know i just thought i just thought that was kind of interesting that's a good point and i don't know i i would want to hang out with him now just because of who he is but yeah maybe in the in the course of high school i probably wouldn't want to is the, the opposite kind of person i wanted to be associated with um, the other character, the next character on here is, is, an, is a character who he just comes to, to contact with because he happens to be standing in the hallway trying to get called home because he uh, got shoved into a locker. Uh, and that's Pedro. He gets uh, introduced to Pedro, um, which is interesting. Pedro is the a new student who comes to Idaho from Mexico and is just kind of like drifting around and just by proxy becomes friends with Napoleon. Uh, this is uh, Efrain. Ramirez is like one of his earliest films and it's, it's such an interesting role for him. It's such a weird role. It's so reserved. He doesn't have to say much of anything except he has really, really great lines. It's really, really fascinating character. Adam, do you have any thoughts on Pedro? You, you actually said what I was going to say is like his lines, I think are better than Napoleon's. Like I, I think I laughed when I watched it the other night for the first time in like 15 plus years, I laughed more at Pedro than I did Napoleon. The way he just was stone cold, never smiling until the very end when you, you know, the crowd's going nuts. He like gets a semi smile going like his persona, his, uh, his uh, quotes. I, I think he was my favorite character to be honest. Yeah. He's the strong silent type with a killer mustache. You know, everybody wanted that in high school. You're just jealous of his mustache. I think. Is that what Super. it is? Still am. <laughs> yeah, I see you. I see you trying to reminisce it right now. Like, yeah, it's good. That's what it's all about. Uh, I do want to talk about Kip. Uh, Kip is probably, for me, the most identifiable character uh, in my life. I don't know if I identify too hard with Kip. I mean, I have a very similar haircut to him, um, minus the mustache. I mean, again, a lot of mustache work in this movie. Uh, yeah. you know, just just throwing it out there. A lot of good mustache work. Uh, Kip is actually the character with the biggest arc 
the biggest character growth. He actually grows from the beginning of the movie to the end. Uh, you know, he's the he's he's probably secretly the best character here. You know, think about his story throughout the movie. Starts out living at his grandma's house, chat with babes online all day. Ends up meeting the love of his life, leaving for Detroit, becoming like becoming the person he wants to be, uh, and ends up getting married. I mean, you can't ask for more. Kip is a great character. Kip has Kip. Kip's got it all. He's got the dances too. You saw him at the end. His little gangster <laughs> dance. <laughs> of course, of course. Joe, what are your thoughts on Kip? Kip's the best. I, I like Adam. I don't think Napoleon's my favorite character. I think Kip was my favorite character for sure. Especially when him and Napoleon got into that little spat where he's like, Napoleon, you couldn't hit me if you tried. <laughs> and then he whaps him as soon as the doorbell rings. That was perfect. Oh, yeah. The guy who weighs probably, what, 150 pounds in his like, yep. I'm trying to be in a cage fighter. <laughs> <laughs> they have that, like, slap fight. It's yep. fantastic. They have that, you know, and then... Uh, Number one salesman at a startup, you know? Yeah, you know, it's got some... <laughs> Made seventy eight dollars that day. Uh, it's it's great. It's great. He's I think he's such an interesting character. Adam, do you have any other thoughts on Kip? No, he's up there. And he, he, yeah, I think it goes Pedro for me, then Kip, then Napoleon. If I had to pick my top three characters, it's just like his little like your mom goes to college. And just yeah. like <laughs> it's just like he doesn't have to do much at all. He just has to be Kip, and you just laugh. And, and that's why I think I like Pedro too. Is because like. They don't have to do anything other than say a line. And you're like, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> you know, and is his full name actually Kiplin? I think it is Kiplin. <laughs> oh, jeez. Today I learned. Yeah. yeah. Full name is Kiplin Robert Dynamite. Awesome name. Well, I, I, have, I don't have kids yet, but I'm going to have kids eventually, I believe. So that's going to be Kiplin. up there. Kiplin. Kiplin, that could go on your list. Yeah, put that on there. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> what about Rico? Is Rico on your list? No. Rico? No. You don't want to be like Uncle Rico, the creepy former yeah, football guy, guy who like starts creeping on high school him. girls? Yeah, yeah. Don't want to associate with him. Oh, my God. Uncle Rico, though. What a character. What a character. Uh, this guy goes through uh, quite a lot of stuff that would be definitely throwing him in prison nowadays. Uh, he would very quickly be thrown in prison for uh pyramid schemes that he's trying to get into uh shams and, and conning people he's he's a drifter um it's he's, he's got two courses of action he'll either be in prison or uh, a backup to tom brady on the uh tampa hmm. bay buccaneers uh i don't know which one's more likely if only that time machine worked then yeah that would have <laughs> who knows <laughs> i mean he says he could throw a, a football a quarter mile that's, you can throw it over that mountain over there. Yeah, that's that's pretty far. I mean, he's got he's. I mean, he does have quite the throw of the piece of steak. He could, he, <laughs> he could definitely whip Napoleon in the face with a with a piece of steak. So that was, that was pretty impressive. Um, now Uncle Rico, like, what an interesting character. I mean, comes in to take care of them, which doesn't make any sense because, like, isn't Kip supposed to be like thirty something years old? I think he says he's like thirty one at one point. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Is like still at thirty, you need a babysitter. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah that that's a it's a little bit weird being out there in idaho i mean they need a babysitter and they're still using like pay by minute pay per minute like <laughs> internet usage for chat rooms uh anyway i think it's a different uh it's besides the point um but no uncle rico just just a, a weird guy i mean definitely would be thrown in prison today right yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah uh the for, polaroids I mean, the van yeah all bad Although Once again, a mustache, you know, maybe they didn't have it in the budget for like, you know, <laughs> hair and makeup. It's <laughs> yeah. a very good point. Uh, the, the last character I had on, on my list of like the main characters, at least is Tina, who's played by Deb Bradshaw, who actually went on to have like, I think she's really the only person to have like a really solid career after this. Um, there's not many people that had really good careers post Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, John Heater had a couple films that like were successful i mean he was in bench warmers and then he was in blades of glory which was really popular but like beyond that not much else but uh deb bradshaw you you might not know her really from a lot of her stuff but she she went on to be like kind of big in a couple of different things like i'm uh, sorry not deb, deb bradshaw the character who plays deb bradshaw uh, uh, actress who's a uh, uh, tina Mar majorino 
Uh, she went on to actually be in like a bunch of different TV shows. She was actually a child actor before this and then went into a bunch of stuff like Grey's Anatomy. She was in True Blood, Big Love, uh, a couple of different series and stuff. So she was like pretty big on TV for a while. Yeah, she's like the only person that was really successful out of this. And what do you mean? Pedro was in Employee of the Month and that movie is like in everybody's top 10 list. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, the well, Dane Cook led film. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson. I missed that one. My bad. <laughs> what about the grandma though? Wasn't it was a grandma, and I hope I'm not wrong here, in uh always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. I I don't know. I, it's she was the... just recently in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, too. Yeah, she was uh like eventually grandma, everybody's gonna be uh, in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, though. So I don't know if true. that really counts. <laughs> no, she's the grandma of uh Mac. Mac's no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's the only one that comes to mind. I thought when, when I saw her, because this movie came up before Always Sunny, maybe, or at least when I, did. I saw this Definitely did. Always Sunny. Okay. Um, and I would love Always Sunny. And then I saw her as a grandma. I was like, oh my God, there she is. So she was the most recognizable for me. That's fair. That's fair. But but let, let I want to talk about uh, uh Deb though as a character. I do want to talk about her. Uh because she's interesting. She just shows up selling, she's like trying to pedal some glamour shots and keychains that she made so she can go to college. And then mm-hmm. uh, that's when you get the classic, the classic line by Kip where he just yells out the door. Your mom goes, Your mom to, college. goes to college. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> which I, I also think just, just going backwards, actually, actually, even with, even with, with Deb, all the characters have just, they use their voices in interesting ways. I think uh-huh. that's what makes them so interesting. Like Napoleon's got a, oh, 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 like, and everything he says, and uh, Pedro's just like, it's <laughs> like so quiet with everything he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kip has his little like high pitched weird voice. And then Deb also talks like with her mouth closed the entire movie, which is interesting <laughs> with the side ponytail. Um, was that making a comeback in 2005 that like that? I didn't remember. I can make a comeback today. Yeah. I, mean, I know what side pigtails. I'm, I'm in for it. I, I bet you that would make a comeback today because everything's making a comeback. It would have to be like a teal or purple side ponytail though because that's like what the thing is today. She's, she's an interesting character though. I, I don't really have much else to say about her. Uh, it's a weird way to try to pay for college selling handmade keychains. I think it's cheaper that, in Idaho. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I think the best bet would be taking out student loans to be honest at that point. Like, I don't know. Are there any other characters you want to talk about real quick? Well, you said Tina, and I immediately thought the uh, the llama. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Tina is the name of the llama. Yeah. And unfortunately, the name of the actress who plays Deb in the movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was excited to talk about Tina because constantly getting fed. It's a well-taken-care-of animal. Uh, beautiful, really. I, one of my favorites. Top five. In the top five there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joey, are you signed up for the, uh, the Rex Kwando classes? Only if I get to meet Sterla. Rex Quando, uh, worth it? Do you think, Adam? Do you think it would be a worth it class? <laughs> I mean, I saw how he diffused the situation with uh, with Napoleon. Um, so yeah, I think I could learn a thing or two. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you ever get mugged, you know, you you could just break the wrist, walk away. <laughs> that, that quote for so I say that I say that a lot. I don't know why, but it was just like it's such an easy thing because, you know it was just so recognizable for me to say, just like break the wrist, walk away. It was, uh-huh. it was just it was very simple. And then, you know, he's wearing those uh, American flag parachute pants. You know, it's great. Cause you don't want to get a roundhouse kick wearing a set of these bad boys. Um, you, you can't go wrong. You can't forget go wrong. about it. <laughs> he's just such a fascinating character. Uh, then, you know, I've seen the characters of summer and Don are just like very, like just characters that you see in every single movie. Uh, Summer, obviously the the popular girl who's running for class president, the classically like attractive popular girl. And then her boyfriend, Don, I believe it's her boyfriend who we used to have a guy in high school. I don't know if you guys remember this, did a a spot on impression of Don. Do you guys remember this? No, I could do a shout out. It's it's uh, Joe Rowe used to do a a spot on impression Mm. of of Don and his just like facial expressions. I can't do it on the podcast because like clearly our listeners, if they're even listening this far in are going to see us do this the, the thing where he just does the like the, like the weird faces i can't even do it because i'm so bad at it but i just remember specifically that they used to do it he used to do it in class as well because like that's what you do when you're in high school <laughs> is do impressions of movies that the teacher's never seen 
Uh, that's like the perfect thing to do to annoy your teacher is just continue, especially continue with the impression after the teacher asks you to stop. That's when it becomes funnier as well, uh, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, there's just uh, more similar characters here. Now, normally I break down movies, you know, we break down the movies here based on their different scenes that we love and stuff. But we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's no real scenes in this movie. There, there's no real scenes. It's, it's weird. It just keeps like it's like moment to moment to moment. And there's like little exchanges that come on from time to time. Um, actually, Adam, what what is the entire plot of this movie? Can you summarize the plot? Wow. Yeah. Don't put me in the spotlight or anything. Um, yeah. You got a guy who's trying to be someone he's not. His name is Napoleon. He sees a girl that ends up being on his doorstep and likes her, but gets really jealous, especially when Pedro wants to ask her out to the dance. He doesn't want to look like a loser. So he wants to find someone for the dance. And he tries to get by in his life as the cool guy in his mind, but very far from it but crushes it at the end to save his friend's career of becoming the president of the class, uh, gets away with the girl, gets his friend the job as the president, and wins the game of tetherball at the end in flexing his skills in tetherball. That's, that's really, it's really about tetherball, if you ask me. So is that what you would concur, that this is a secretly a tetherball movie? It's a sports movie, technically? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it is a weird plot. Like, it's just this guy who lives in a small town in Iowa or sorry, Idaho, and then just like goes throughout his day to day. That that's all. It yeah, is. it's very strange. I was just thinking about it now. Do you guys remember like? You guys remember Vine? Yeah. Or like now it's TikTok, and kind of how all these people just like it's just a weird twenty second blurb of something, and then you're on to the next weird twenty second blurb of some other weird character, like some situation that's happening. That's kind of what this movie was, but it was just with the mm -hmm. same people, you know? Mm, I like that. Yeah. That's a good point. And that kind of goes into like what I was saying about like this being a low budget movie and like would it succeed if it's not like the reason why it was successful is because there was no actual like there was a plot, but like you weren't watching it, watching it because of the plot. And right. when I said that in the beginning, when, when I first watched it as a movie, I was like, this is terrible. Like the plot is stupid. But it's not about the plot. It's about the scenes. It's about, yeah, the clips. And uh, I, I think that's where the success comes from. Uh, could it ex could that work today? Maybe. I mean, TikTok is so big that maybe you make yeah. it more, make it make those little clips even shorter. And maybe it's a great movie. Guys, you want to make a movie? Hmm. No, I'm good. Uh, I think I think that's one of those things that does really work for this movie, though. You're right, because it's so short, like minute to minute, and it just keeps going. There's so many different moments here. Really, we got to talk about some of the, like when we talk about the moments, it's all about the dialogue. We've talked about this many times, like all the dialogue, all the quotes uh, that really filled in our 16 slash 17 year old vocabulary because like we we're just starving for things to say. I feel like it was like this movie, Austin Powers, uh, the oh. American Pie things, like all those things like filled in our vocabulary. And like this movie just hit at the perfect time to just fill in some of the stupid things that we would say and do. What are some of your favorite exchanges or dialogue from from the movie? Like what are some of your some of your favorite movies? Uh, Joe, I'll go. Let's, let's start with you. Do you have any of your favorites? Um, yeah, the first one at the beginning is a banger when um, the grandma's leaving to go on her date because, you know, she's a hot shit. But uh, when Napoleon's forced to feed Tina, Tina, eat your food, you fat lard. Like, all the time, I say that. Another one I liked, I mean, we mentioned a million times, was uh, your mom goes to college. That one was said probably more than any other quote from this movie, I have to say. That was probably the most quoted thing. My favorite one was when he's sitting eating tots and Deb, he's eating with Deb or Tina. I, now you've confused me, Steve. It's Deb, sorry. Regardless, he's sitting with Deb and he goes, are you drinking 2% milk because you think you're fat? Because you can drink whole if you want to. So mm -hmm. deadpan. And we we're just like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, especially because I think that's his first real interaction with her. Yeah. You know, it's and it's so de it's delivered so awkwardly as well. Uh, that like it, it just works. Adam, is there any that you have that come to mind? I mean, those are great. You can't deny that. It's not really a scene. I remember a quote that we'd say a lot, like in high school, like, you know, somebody like, oh, I, you know, I saw this girl. And be like, is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, I think we like if Dan was here, like he, he would be dying laughing because he like, I, I think we probably said that six months ago when talking about yeah. <laughs> like yeah like the the other scene um i think joey was talking about it like the, the slap fight and it's like napoleon don't be jealous because i've been talking to babes online 
all day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and just like what that turned into and the slap, that was a, that was a great scene. I, I keep thinking of like just Kip dancing as a gangster uh, before, he gets on the, before he gets on the bus. It's just so funny. Like, just like real slow. Uh, what are you trying to do? The robot or like the, the wave? Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I enjoy very much about that too is like you expect that, you know, Kip's been chatting online with this girl for a while and you expect uh-huh. that Kip, that this person's fake. You know, we, we've come to the era of, you know, catfishing and all of this stuff so we don't expect this person to be real and he's like yeah she's coming up from detroit she's gonna fly in for the weekend and we're like oh god like who's this person he's gonna meet online and then we meet lafwanda uh who is just a great and, and like she loves him just just absolutely loves him and like right from the very start like literally walks off the bus runs up and just hugs him like loves him very much and it's like a real true relationship which i find to be so funny for kip as well, who is just like the weird 31 year old who lives at home and sells Tupperware with his, uh, you know, creepy nu- uh, uncle. <laughs> Runs over the Tupperware. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Yeah, he's, he's up there, Joey. I, I, I see why he's number one for you. I just can't yeah. let my boy Pedro hang it. He's he made me laugh a lot. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, he's a great, great character uh, for sure. I mean, I think there's there's some other ones that like are, are some other great lines, you know, whether it's just no, everything to point says, do the chickens have large talons? Mm. Or like when they ask him like, hey, Napoleon, what are you going to do today? Whatever I feel like, gosh, <laughs> just think about, think about how many times we would say, gosh, yeah. or the, what was the other one where he goes, oh, <laughs> like we just do that all the time for no reason whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't. Lucky, yeah, lucky, yeah, we do that a lot too, yeah. Oh His man, one liners that's the that's where he shines on the one liners, yeah. Or uh, Napoleon, give me some of your tots, that was a big one. Tater tots get a lot of shout out on this, yeah. How was school? Worst day of my life, what do you think? <laughs> you know, Pedro, Pedro has a lot of good lines. I mean, I, I think the one of the funny scenes in the movie is actually the arc in which Pedro decides to shave his head. You know, it's actually it's it's a weird it's a weird like five minute scene, actually, where he's like, is it hot or is it just me? And then he goes home sick and then it, he goes to this whole thing where he like talks about sitting in the bathtub. It's like a weird five minutes yeah. of the movie where he talks about shaving his head, which you never see, by the way. You don't actually see him shave his head. Uh, no, actually, no, you do see him shave his you head. Do. But you don't you do see him shave his head, but you don't see him with a shaved head. Uh, you see him shaving. it. Yes, I, I stand corrected. Uh, and then he puts on a wig and it's like, they don't actually, it's just such a weird, it's such a weird five minutes of the movie that we just go through. And it's like, I shaved, I got hot. So I shaved it off and it's just like perfect. And then, you know, the, I mean, the he fi- had an awesome way to ask the girl out to prom. Oh yeah. Build her a cake or something. <laughs> and he does. And then she's like the worst and, and yeah. And then uh, I, I, what do you think of his campaign? By the way, I just out of curiosity, he has a very interesting uh, presidential campaign that he runs. Uh, you know, Summer is right out there putting out posters, handing out buttons. Even Don is giving it to the opposition, uh, like Napoleon, the guy who he, he hates. She's put out there with a really nice campaign and all of this stuff. She puts on a dance with uh, the Happy Hands Club at the campaign. You know, promises a bunch of different things, and then Pedro comes in and covers up all the different posters. And actually has, instead, he has a, a contest where people will come together and destroy a pinata in the shape of summer. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that part of your campaign strategy when you go to a campaign for political office? You would get canceled if you did that with the pinata. Like, uh, you can't do that today, first off. And it wasn't okay then either <laughs> because he got in trouble. He did get in trouble. Um, the, the wristbands, like he made a lot of those things. Like mm-hmm. I, we didn't get to see him make those. We didn't get that scene. Um, so I thought those were really cool. That's better than a button. That's for sure. Um, and in his mm-hmm. speech, he, you know, he promised to make your wildest dreams come true. You got my vote. <laughs> Jay, would you vote for him? Every day of the week. Is it, is it also because he offered his, uh, apparently his, his family as protection for you? For me, that would have been big for me in high school because I wasn't a very big person. So that would have been nice. Have some real muscle on my side. Yeah, I think that would be pretty intimidating. Uh, having like a dude with a low rider just show up with like hydraulic wheels and such. 
Yeah, a lot more impressive than my car in high school. I'll give him that. I mean, my, your spinners were better for sure. Oh yeah, I did. Didn't I have spinners on mine? Uh-huh. I don't even remember. Someone, <laughs> I remember someone stole one of my hubcaps at one point. Uh, that was part of like a, a thing that you did. Yeah, my '94 Tempo with automatic seatbelts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tempo, man, I haven't heard one of those since high school. Since I had one of those, yeah. Since I drove one in yeah. high school every day. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other scenes you guys want to talk about? Any other scenes, any other moments? The whole movie really is one amazing movie. Like we, we said it was so bad, but now that we talk about it more and more, every scene was awesome. Right? 10 out of 10. Looking forward to the second one. I mean, the Rex Quando scene's great. The the scenes when Uncle Rico's trying to sell uh Tupperware to that lady and he has she he has like the the model ship that he takes out and she's like, yeah. I want that. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that <laughs> scene was really good. <laughs> <laughs> like he ends with the Tupperware. You look like a strong guy. You want to try to give that a tear? He's, he's like, I can't. And then there, there's if you if you look at that scene, there's a moment when she, when his wife looks at him, like, "What the hell did I marry? I am so yeah. disappointed in you." And it's just so funny because he looks so completely defeated in that moment, and it just mm-hmm. works. It just works. Yeah. No A-listers in that scene, but man, was it perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, if gas prices keep going up, I think I'm going to get around like Napoleon and Kip. I'm just going to have put my rollerblades on and someone will bike me around town. Yeah. I, I'm a sledgehammer. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, it's a, one of the ways of getting around. All right, we get into the point in the, in the pod where we're going to go into a little bit of the, uh, the trivia slash did this happen game. I, I always do this with... Some of these, so this is a very simple game. I'm just going to ask you guys some questions and you're going to just tell me whether or not it happened and we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, start off with some true or false here. Uh, right off the bat, John Heater, uh, did he draw all of the drawings for the film? True. I got to go false. No, he, he drew them all, apparently. <laughs> Those are all his own drawings, including the one of Trisha, which is a horrible, horrifying thing to get from someone. That is horrifying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, not good. The, the shading on that upper lip took like all day though. So it did. <laughs> so John heater in this, uh, was actually discovered when they went to scout at the location in Preston, Idaho. And, uh, that's where they went to film. Is that true or false? That's false. I'll go true. No one's going Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's false. He was actually roommates with J- Jared Hess at BYU. So that's where they met. They met at BYU. He was roommates with them. And actually, they shot an original uh, short film for this. There was originally, a, this was shot as a short film that was semi-autobiographical on Jared Hess's life. Because he actually, Jared Hess actually grew up in, he went to high school in Preston, Idaho. That's where he went to high school yeah. and decided like all of these different, tons of the stories from this are all based on real things that happened to him, apparently. Like some of the embarrassing moments in high school, like in, in the school where he gets like shoved into a locker. Uh, one of the moments I think with one of the dances was based on his experience. The scene when the, the guy shoots the cow in front of the bus full of kids, <laughs> right? You might've forgotten about that scene. He said that happened to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. Next one. Jake Gyllenhaal was linked to casting as Napoleon dynamite. I mean, obviously true. Yeah. Fucking true. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that it was true. Jake Gyllenhaal no. was linked to play Napoleon dynamite at one point. What kind of movie would that have been? Awful. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, I think you got the right people for the right. Uh, they got the right cast for this movie. Otherwise, it'd be a flop. Yeah. It'll be interesting seeing Jake Gyllenhaal play Napoleon Dynamite today. That would be probably a better move. I I, I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal just needs to be in happier movies. He's in very, very many dark movies right now. And I, I want something better for his career. I'm just a little bit concerned about Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he needs some more sunlight in his life. Some some vitamin C, like he just, he's it. They're very dark. Like he's made a lot of movies with like Fincher and like all of these people who are just like making really really dark movies. So come on, Jake Gyllenhaal. Like we we know you can do better. Um, he's listening. Good. <laughs> uh, John Heater's dance was actually so. Here's the next one. Uh, John Heater's dance was choreographed by the same person who would later go on six years later to work on Black Swan. Joey, weren't you just talking about this one too? You were just tell me about that. Yeah, stop talking about that movie. Um, I don't. <laughs> I I'm gonna. I hope it's true. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. Joey like, told me a career trajectory for that. Oh, it's totally false. He uh, John here just made it up. 
He made up all the, he, he actually danced to three different songs. They only had 10 minutes of dancing that he decided to make up an improv. And that's what they cut that's together to make that. I think it was, it was Jerusha Hess who decided she's like, Hey, Napoleon, I heard you like, or uh, John, I heard you like to dance. Can you just dance for this and like make this scene and just make it up? And he's like, uh, okay. And he crushes it. That's like yeah. a really good dance. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, that's the best thing I can hear that came out of that. Yeah. Is that he just made it right there and then on the spot, or at least he made it himself. Yeah. There are zero shots outside at night. Holy cow. That's gotta be true. I, I know I, I'm wrong, but I just can't think of it. I, I'm going to say true just based off of my knowledge. The only thing I can think of was like a later scene was when like they were him and Deb were sitting on the steps and he was talking about like a liger. That was the only thing I can think of was at night. Cause even the prom was like inside. So let's say true. It's it's true. There are zero shots out night outside at night. When they talk about the liger, that's on the steps during the daytime. There are no shots at night in this movie. At least that it's we know. Of, I mean, some of some of the insides maybe, but like outdoors, never. Yeah, well, the liger conversation was after class, but it was still light out. Yeah. 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 Um, the last true false one is uh was that well, it's not true false, it's just a yes or no question. Uh was John Heater's hair real? True. Just like his dance moves, it was definitely real. Yep, he got a perm for this movie. He decided to get a perm and like really, really go for it. Just be, just be honest and upfront about it. Um, he earned that one thousand dollar paycheck. <laughs> he did. He earned that thousand dollar paycheck. That was actually one of the questions I had on this. He was paid one thousand dollars for this. Like, that's nuts. He he apparently was later able to renegotiate and get some money from like all of the other stuff from it because it did become a huge success. But like he he yeah initially paid one thousand dollars. Um, this is an interesting one. Who do you think's older? John Heater or Efrain Ramirez? Pedro. John. It's actually uh, Efrain Ramirez is older by five years. Hmm. He's five years older than John Heater. Do you want do you want to guess how old Efrain Ramirez is in this movie? In this movie? Yeah. 35. 31. He's 31. He's 31 oh, right it, on the money, Adam. Yeah. But no. it's so it's so funny because like he's 31, John Heater's 26, and they're supposed to be playing 17-year-olds. It works. Oh, it, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, it, wow. It is a little weird. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit weird. What's interesting too is within this, like I think most of the cast is like the actual age that they're supposed to be. Like, uh, the all the high school kids are like just around high school age, uh, or we or in high school. And what's interesting is the cast list for this movie is apparently super long, considering the fact that it uh they gave every single extra an acting credit rather than just like, cause a lot of times act extras, like don't, don't even make it onto the credits. Mm-hmm. You know, if you walk through a scene, you're not going to be in it, but they gave every single student in the school an acting credit in the credits. So it's actually one of the longest casts in, in film. So, which is kind of funny. So interesting. Yeah. Which, which of the three studios bought this film for $4 million after seeing it at Sunday? Was it Paramount Fox or MTV films? Which uh, one do you MTV. think? Yeah, it's MTV. It's gotta be. Actually, Fox bought it originally because they were like, this is going to be a hit. And then like a couple of weeks before, they decided to both put it in. So MTV and Paramount both co-produced it to just like deliver it and get it out there. And it worked out because like MTV luckily got in on it because without MTV, this movie would be nowhere near as successful as it is. That was rude. That was a trick question, Steve. What the heck, man? Yeah, Maybe so I can't that. tell if I was right or wrong at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, we were we weren't right, but we weren't wrong because the answer was all. <laughs> it was all. Sorry about that, guys. Students, that's mean. Sorry. Which of the characters is actually a vegetarian? Uh, it's dead. Joe, you got to yeah. guess. It's Uncle Rico. <laughs> despite the fact that Uncle Rico eats steak throughout the entire film. Every time, if, if you notice, every time Uncle Rico eats a piece of steak, he like wipes his face. He's actually spitting back the steak into the napkin that he's wiping his face with huh. because he was a strict vegetarian and refused to eat red meat. So he, even though he's eating it throughout the whole really badly cooked red meat too. Uh, I don't know if you look at those yeah. steaks. Those look they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they look terrible. They're like bad cuts of meat and just like, they look like, I think they're microwave. They look microwave to me. You ever yeah. had microwave steak? No. No. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's it's not good. Um, <laughs> you did. I've had microwave steak before, yeah, or microwave roast beef. It looks more like microwave roast beef. It's not, it's not anything to write home about. 
Well, uh, let's talk about that. Thirty seconds. Like, were you home alone? You did not a cook. Was it? Uh, was clean? Like, like, what's going on there? I think <laughs> I think it was leftovers, leftover roast beef that was like you know really well cooked, like roast beef. But then you take it and you got to heat it up. So I just threw it in the microwave, and it uh it, it was it was just not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, I'm not making this now. I'm not making like this type of meat now. I actually cook pretty well right now. I, I cook yeah. myself pretty well. I'm not actually buying steak right now. I don't buy steak because it's just expensive. But yeah, and uh, me and beef don't really mix well. Uh, at least, well, they do. But my wife would rather me not eat beef. Otherwise, she'll pass out from the smell of the beef later on. We'll just leave it at that. No, I could, I could cook it. I could cook steak. Yeah, that Napoleon would say. This is this is a fun one actually. There are uh, there's an actual Napoleon Dynamite Festival that was held for a number of years in Preston, where wow. the shot movie was actually shot. They actually shot it in Preston too, which is pretty cool. Uh, so they shot it there, and there's a Napoleon Dynamite Festival from 2004 to 2008, I believe, um, where they had like tons of events and like celebration of the movie. What do you think were some of the events that they had at this at this contest, this festival? A uh, drawing contest. Throwing steaks at a target. Oh, that's a good one. They they didn't have either of those. Collecting eggs. Collecting eggs. <laughs> oh god, no, none of those. Any other ones? A dance dance off. They did have a da- a moon boot dance off at that. God, yeah. Literally. So they had moon boot dance off. They had impersonations and lookalike contests. Mm-hmm. They had football throwing contests. You were close. You were close. I'll give you that. I'll give you. You know the football. Right. I think it'd be more interesting to throw a steak. Although I think it's a waste of steak, and they had, they also did have uh, a tetherball tournament. Oh, <laughs> and a tater tot tetherball eating. movie. Jeez, I, know, I feel dumb. As well as a tater tot eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, this is just a fun fact to go along with this. Idaho, the next year in two thousand five, Idaho state uh, state legislator passed a resolution commending the film for showcasing various parts of this of the state's economy and culture saying it's like a relative this is an important piece of culture for our state no way is, is it going this, in the library of congress <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just wondering do you is this the best movie that's ever taken place in idaho i don't know movies in idaho so yeah <laughs> yeah I believe there's a it's, Keanu Reeves movie that takes place in Idaho, but I can't think of it off the top of my Point Break? <laughs> <laughs> Speed? No. Like, which one? I mean, who knows? Maybe The Matrix does. Maybe that's like the where they house. technically are. It's got to be The Lake House. <laughs> yeah, Speed 3 is going to be taking place in Idaho. They just have to, like, you know, get on a road and just drive straight, which isn't hard because you're in Idaho and it's just straight forever. Last one I have here is how many stars did, how many stars out of four? Did Roger Ebert give this movie? The noted critic, Roger Ebert, how many did he give it? One. Can you give like a half? Is that a thing? There's there's half stars, yeah. Oh, then I'm gonna say he gave like a half. Adam says one. Yep. Yeah. Combination of two. One and a half stars. Oh. <laughs> he said he said the movie makes no attempt to make Napoleon likable, and it contains a kind of stupid studied stupidity that sometimes passes as humor. I mean, well, hold on. At, at the end, don't you like Napoleon because he's a good yeah. dancer and he saved the day for Pedro and all? Like, apparently, they do Ebert, once. Apparently, Ebert didn't like it. <laughs> well, he was—he's factually wrong there. Like, I get the critic's size, but when you're saying false uh, facts, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He's got a—he's got a lot of uh, a lot of criticism there. Um, now he's been proven wrong, so it's I give fine. Him- a one and a half star for his critic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been dead for a while, so we can, we can criticize his criticisms. It's okay. We can do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't agree with a lot of stuff that Ebert says. I don't agree with a lot of critics. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a well-made, like just fun movie to, to just play around with. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So r- wrapping up though, we, we do have a couple other things like this. Apparently there's, there's rumors of a sequel to this coming out Um, in the coming years. You know, there's been actual discussion of this happening, like where heater actually said that, he sees the movie going into a darker and more edgy place than the original was, mm. which is an interesting take. And like, it would be a very different film than the original. He's like, he's not a fan of a sequel where they would just put on the same costumes and play the same characters again. Joey, I'll start with you. Is this something you'd want to see? No, no, <laughs> there. No, I said this in the other podcast I was on. They, It's like, you know, they're reaching back out to things that we liked 
when we were younger and now that we're older and we have better income they're trying to make a sequel and like oh they'll they'll see it in droves just leave well enough alone it's fine it is what it is it's a closed little loop it's perfect leave it there you don't need to go back adam what about you are you ready to revisit preston idaho and napoleon dynamite maybe it's taking place in detroit for all we know um (laughs) i uh I mean, I'm not going to theaters to see it, but I would eventually see it probably. Uh, I'm not going to stop them. I can't stop them from making it. But if I hear there's another one, then I feel like I have to watch it just to see if it's just as bad. (laughs) Are you interested in like the darker, edgier side of what Napoleon can offer? No, I I, like if they're okay. So I was going to ask you guys this when you first mentioned that uh, the second uh, part of this, a second one's coming out. Like, I wanted to ask you guys, like, where do you think the movie would go? Like, is it a prequel? Is it like focused on Kip and his life in Detroit? But if it's focused on the dark side of like Napoleon, no, I think that's a that's a terrible take. The sequel to this movie. We used to actually do this. I I forgot about this. We used to do uh, what would what's Napoleon Dynamite 2 about? You know, like a little segment there. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite 2 cannot be a darker movie, like an edgier film where like they really explore the traumas that he experienced and like his revenge on Don who shoved him into lockers or anything like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what Napoleon's doing for a job at this point. You know, he doesn't seem to have a lot of skills apart from like nunchuck skills or, or bow staff <laughs> skills or drawing <laughs> skills. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, apparently he was really good in that contest. The uh, FFA contest where he was like drinking different milks to figure out what kind of, distortions were in them i don't know if you remember that like oh uh, yeah 30 second scene where he's like really really good at drinking milk which is a very strange thing maybe he's doing that professionally he's probably working for the state yeah (laughs) what a where did that scene come from like i remember like when it came on and then pedro has a scene too there like why did that happen i don't know it's so completely random from it maybe that's where they take it and he's like now just like an inspector and just like uh, trying to, or I don't know, maybe just trying to work. Well, He's like, like being semi-successful. And then he has to figure out how to get his uncle Rico out of prison or keep him <laughs> out of prison because uncle Rico's in another investment scheme, like get rich quick type scheme. I don't know. Mm. Something like that. Well, it's like, it's like a uh, Bethlehem Bethlehem schools had like agriculture classes. I think that's what it was. Like, it's just part of their curriculum. They were doing all that type of stuff. But it was just completely random. I mean, it is Idaho. I mean, Idaho is a it's a very rural area. I mean, Preston, Idaho has 5000 people in the city. So like that's half the size of our hometown where we grew up in. So like Mm. that's really, really small. What's interesting is. uh, Sorry. sorry? What if we saw Napoleon in a city environment? Would that be interesting to watch? That could be interesting. Like, does he go to Boise or does he go like somewhere else? Like no, Napoleon visits, like, does Napoleon visit Kip? Yeah. Exactly. Like I would like to see how he interacts with the outside world beyond just the, yeah, the, the country folk. Yeah. <laughs> see, seeing like Napoleon on a subway would be interesting. That, it, like that, that whole, like, just like that, like a little skit in general. I think in 2005, they put him in an M- like MTV movie awards, like had him in a, a clip where he's in Batman Begins. So like, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what he's like in that. Efrain Ramirez actually did said he already has a script in mind. He has one in mind where he decided like, he has a spec script out there where he's like, he married, Pedro marries Summer. They have five kids and open a bakery. Also at the same time, Kip has actually pursued his career as a cage fighter and is a cage fighter. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting script. It seems very much in the same vein, but you know, that'd be kind of interesting. I don't I think don't, we need it though. I don't think we need it. I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you, Joey. I, I think like a lot of times we could just leave these movies alone. You know, it's been, it's been almost 20 years. It's been 18 years now. Let's be clear. Like the question is, would you go see it? Not should they make it? Right. Should they make it? No, I'm, I'm totally on board. Otherwise, I, agree. I don't want out, it. I'm going to go see it because it's out. Yeah. Oh, this would definitely be, this would definitely be like, uh, you know what this would be? This wouldn't be a movie that goes to theaters. I'll tell you that. It wouldn't be a movie that goes to theaters. It would be a movie that goes on Paramount plus streaming. Yeah. Right away. It would definitely be a Paramount plus movie for sure. Like 
I think 100% because like it's part of the MTV idea. And like, I mean, I apparently, I don't know if you guys knew this. They did make this into an animated series in 2012. I was, did. I, I've never seen it, but you're right. I do remember seeing that. It was an animated series that lasted six whole episodes. <laughs> and they canceled it very quickly. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know that there's really an appetite for this. But, you know, if they make it good, who knows? I mean, Top Gun Maverick made is up to over $700 million on a global scale. So, I mean, that's doing pretty well. And that was made 30 plus years after the original. I think everybody was excited for that. <laughs> they're, great. they're very, very different movies. One is one is, <laughs> one is one is like anchored by Tom Cruise, and the other one's anchored by John Heater, you know, or Header. I don't even I don't even know how to pronounce it. So that's a problem. Uh, yeah, I don't th- I don't think we need anymore. We don't need it, but I'd still see it. <laughs> yeah, I'd still watch it. I'd I'd fire this up on on the Paramount Plus machine. <laughs> yeah. With that though, I don't really have much else. Uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to leave off on this film? No, nothing. nothing more on the film for me. I think we covered it all. Yeah, yeah I think we, we outplayed the quotes at this point. I was going to try to throw a quote out there, but I think we said them all. Yeah. Ultimately, one of the things that's interesting is, do you think people today watching this for the first time, Adam, you said you, you watched it with your fiance for the first, she watched it for the first time. Is this a movie that she was like, this is good? No, like, <laughs> in fact, like I wanted to watch it downstairs, like when we were both done with work and had dinner. Uh, and she was watching something on Netflix, just like not even paying attention. She was on her phone. I was like, yeah, you mind if I put Napoleon Dynamite on? I want to finish it. She's like, no, <laughs> like, like <just> completely <laughs> not interested in having it on the TV around her. So I, if I had to ask her to rate it, it would be a one or two out of 10. Oh, God. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's 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 perfect for the moment it is. It's going to have a cult following, which is just all of us watching it again and loving it but I don't think it's like a thing that new audiences are going to discover and be like, Oh my God, look at this masterpiece from 20 years ago. I would say the only thing that was like great about it, looking back on it, that uh, I, w- I watched it again today. And one thing I really enjoyed it did not age poorly at all. Hour 36 minutes. Love oh, wow. a yeah. nice short movie. Just short, hour yeah. 36. Loved it in and out. Didn't have to watch six episodes of it. You know, I didn't have to watch a two and a half hour version of this. Just hour yeah. and a half, quick, in and out, fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like our podcast here. Uh, about to run out, <laughs> run about. Uh, we're over an hour already, which is fantastic, and we're 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 pretty much at the end now. Uh, I do want to thank you guys so much for coming on. If this movie is a movie that, like, I really think brings you back to high school. You know, we we the three of us went to high school together, and uh, you know, obviously, I dedicated this this episode to to Dan, and uh, you know, one of the people that is the cornerstone of you know, a lot of our memories and a lot of things like that. So just wanted to give one last shout out to him uh, on the podcast here. Do you guys want to have anything else you want to shout out for him or, or this episode or anything? I love you, Dan, but uh, you know, he, he's watching and listening and he's laughing. It's probably, I hope so. <laughs> he's definitely laughing. He's probably laughing at like how long this is and how much it's just being drawn out. And he's like, can you guys just end the podcast already? I have like other things I want to do. But because his name is attached to it, he has to listen to the whole thing. So we could just keep drawing it out. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but joey thank you so much for coming back and adam thank you for dropping by for the first time maybe we'll have you back at some point it's been a, a fun time so thank you guys so much for for coming on yeah thanks for having us not a problem happy to do it we'll be back next week gabe will be back from puerto rico he's coming back from vacation we have a lot of stuff to talk about we're probably going to talk about uh catch you guys up on obi-wan and uh barry barry season uh, three just finished and so we'll definitely be talking about that maybe even talking about the train wreck that is jurassic world dominion i don't know if i'm actually going to go see that but who knows with that though thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you next week see ya